We dedicate today's episode to the brilliant Chadwick Boseman, taken too soon, but always in our hearts, Wakanda forever. Hello, I'm Mercedes. And I'm Tash. And you're listening to episode 77 of Chat Disney. to the chat disney podcast and we do have to apologize to you again we have deviated from the episode that we had originally planned and we will be bringing you the poor unfortunate soul episode next week so if you have any tragic disneyland stories to tell us you still have time to get those in this week tash caught up with a fellow podcaster matt from disney marvel's podcast and we are going to have a lovely look at their chat talking about the uk versus the us world of disney i'm really excited for this and i'm sure it's going to be a great episode but before we get into all of that let's have a quick look at what's been happening in the world of disney this week So I am a huge Sims 4 fan, Sims in general, and I'm sure lots of our listeners are too. And lots of fans were very surprised this week when The Sims 4, or The Sims Company, announced that the latest offering for their expansion packs was going to be Star Wars. Now, this does seem a little bit strange. Obviously, the Star Wars games and The Sims games are both owned by EA, but this is the first time that The Sims has ever expanded into a popular franchise. So I'm not quite sure what that's going to look like when my Sims are training to be doctors and doing their laundry and then also getting on a plane to Tatooine. I I can't quite see it, but that is what The Sims are bringing us very, very soon. Very intriguing indeed. And it's a big happy birthday this week. Oh, well, actually not quite yet. I'm getting ahead of myself here. Pluto is turning 90 in September. So very, very soon. And in honour of this, um, the Shop Disney have released some new Pluto merchandise. So this includes a spirit jersey, which is quite bold, um, a Christmas decoration, there's notebooks... You know, you name it, your kind of traditional Disney memorabilia is available, but it's limited edition for Pluto's birthday. So many happy returns to Pluto. Happy birthday, Pluto. Over in Disney parks and resorts in Walt Disney World, everyone is getting ready for fall. It is that time of year again. It is September this week. And Disney have got an array of delicious snacks for fall. Expect to see lots of autumnal colours. There's lots of merchandise. It's just been lots of stuff in time for Halloween. But the most exciting thing that Disney, Walt Disney World have announced is that this year, because Mickey's Not So Scary Halloween Party has been cancelled, Disney fans, Disney adults, can dress up in Disney costumes throughout the season of fall. So if you're visiting Walt Disney World at any point this autumn, this fall, you are allowed to wear a costume, even if you're an adult. This is huge. This is massive, and I cannot wait to see social media and the pictures from this. 
Definitely. And I think for a lot of cosplayers and Disney bounders, the Mickey's Not So Scary Halloween Party can not be accessible sometimes. It's an additional ticket that you have to buy. It's an out-of-hours event. It's not always the most flexible or accommodating event. So I'm sure we're going to see some really awesome costumes this this autumn. Definitely. I cannot wait. Um, more parks news and looking at Disneyland Paris this week. Um, Disneyland Paris have announced that they will be reducing their hours from the 14th of September for the foreseeable future. So hours are going to be 10 a.m. to 6 p.m. and then an extra hour until 7 on Saturdays. Um, at the moment, we don't know what's happening with extra magic hours, if these are going to still be applicable during this time, but it's all to do with, obviously, you know, the current situation going on and hopefully this won't be for too long. No, definitely not. Another bit of news for you all this week. Tash shared with us last week that Fox were no longer going to be known by Fox. They were going to be called 20th Century Studios. Well, we have another update on that bit of news for you. All of the different TV networks that Disney own, ABC and and 20th Century, Studios, to name just a few, are now going to be rebranded and rehoused under the larger brand Disney Television Studios. Very intriguing. Indeed, yeah, I wasn't aware of this myself. Um, and finally, some more exciting merchandise for you popcorn bucket collectors out there. They have released a new popcorn bucket in the form of Guinevere, which is the car or the van, if you like, from the new film onward. Well, not that new anymore. It came out in March, but it still feels new. Um, the cool thing about this is that it also lights up, which is very exciting. And at the moment, it's only available in Hollywood studios. So if you are lucky enough to be in Florida, do keep your eyes peeled for it. Absolutely. I would definitely like that popcorn bucket. It sounds cool. And that is pretty much everything that's been happening this week. We're now going to move into the main part of the episode, a catch up with Matt from the Disney Marvels podcast. So as we said at the beginning of this week's episode, Tash caught up with our good friend and follow podcaster, Matt, from the Disney Marvels podcast. And Tash, I'm really excited. I've not heard this yet. So what did you guys catch up about? Um, So me and Matt basically talked about everything from podcasting and going to parks to how our love of Disney started. So Matt is obviously a fellow podcaster. We've been on his podcast before, so we thought it was time we had him here. And here is what he had to say. Very excited to hear this. So this week we are joined by the lovely Matt from the Disney Marvels podcast. So Matt, do you want to introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about your podcast? Oh my goodness, I I can't believe I'm here. Thank you so much. Um, It it is an honor to be on your your show and uh, been a longtime fan, been really enjoying it. Um, Yeah, I, uh, Matthew Graken, I am the host of the Disney Marvels podcast. Obviously, you can tell I am from the the States. And uh, yeah, we talk about anything and everything Disney. Um, We talk about Disney, Marvel, Star Wars, Lucasfilm. Um, Now, well, used to be 20th Century Fox. Now it's just 20th Century, I believe. The parks, you name it. If it has to do with Disney, it's fair game, as I like to say. Um, we have had guests on from Matt Vogel of, uh, Muppets and Sesame Street to, uh, Genevieve Goings of Disney Junior. 
and people, anyone in between. So uh, we, we cover all manner of forms of anything Disney. It is, you know, it, it is, I, whatever, if it, like I said, has to do with Disney, we'll, we'll talk about it recently. You know, parks have been shut down, doing a little more movie reviews and in-depth looks into some of the movies, but that's, uh, hey, it's all part of the fun. Absolutely. And if any of our listeners haven't listened to um, Disney Marvels, then I definitely suggest that you check it out because as Matt says, it is a great informative podcast that covers a huge range of topics. So definitely check him out. So Matt, obviously, as you've spoken about the podcast and it's just you who does it, I know you feature guests on from time to time. Mm -hmm. What prompted you to start the podcast? Oh my goodness. Um, Do you want the long story or the really long story? (laughs) it's up to you I don't mind a really long story depends how long (laughs) I know you usually keep your shows to an hour um I been a long time long lifetime fan of Disney and my wife said to me many years ago you should do a, a Disney podcast or we should do a Disney podcast and I thought about it. I'm like, eh, I, I don't know how to go about doing this podcast thing and what it all is involved. It's probably just too crazy and just put it to the back of my mind. Well, uh, I, I got into writing. I, I also do um, uh, independent writing myself. So I, I published some books on my own and whatnot. And I was really getting into that, but I had to go back to school. Um, and... I needed something to occupy my time. Okay, I can't do my writing, but I want to do something. Something particularly involved in writing. So I came up with a podcast about writing. Because I didn't want to do a Disney podcast because they're a dime a dozen. Everyone's doing a Disney podcast. And I'll just get lost in the shuffle. And it's not something I was interested in. So I, I did a writing podcast. And after maybe a year and a half, I was just so burnt out by it. I couldn't come up with any more topics. I was just done with the show. Um, but I, I wasn't done with podcasting. I, I, and I, think the, the, I got bit by the bug, as it were. And I decided I'm going to revisit this Disney podcast idea. And I just, I, you know what? I'm just going to do it. I, you know what? I, 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 you know, throw the caution to the wind. I'm going to come up with this show and um, see where it goes. I, you know, most shows are either focused just movies, just animation, just parks. I want to talk Disney. I want to talk everything about Disney. Why limit myself to just one little section when Disney is such a huge thing nowadays? There's so many facets to it. It's not just the parks. It's not just the studios, the movies, or the animation. I want to talk about everything because I love everything about Disney. And um, I try to keep it positive. I always try to put a positive message at the end of it. Um, you know, encourage people, believe in yourself. Because, you know, it, as Walt said, I mean, you look at Walt Disney's life and himself. And I, I am a huge fan of Walt Disney. And he works so hard every day. You know, everyone thinks, you know, pictures him walking around with a big smile on his face and this huge theme park that he built with his, all these movies. But they forget about the man that slept in his studios, wouldn't shower for a week because he, he had to work to try and find money because he didn't have any money. And he was struggling. Every day was a struggle. He didn't know if the next day he would come in that he would still have a staff or still have a, uh, a place to work. And, 
you know, but he kept believing in himself that, you know, this dream that he had, that he can make it happen. And we, we should all learn from that, that we should all believe in ourselves. And if we want something, why can't you do it? So that, and that's kind of, um, it's a little message I'd like to put at the end that, you know, believe in yourself. And, uh, yeah, I just try to keep positive. I try to keep happy because, you know, uh, again, it's Disney. It's fun stuff. Absolutely. So, uh, yeah, that, that, uh, sorry. Um, yeah, that's, that's kind of the roundabout way of how I ended up doing the Disney Marvel podcast and we're, you know, episode hundred is, you know, uh, knocking on the door. So, um, I, I can't believe I've gotten this long, you know, this far into it. Yeah, it's very, it's very impressive. I mean, I sometimes, Mercedes and I, we kind of sit back and we look at our own podcast and we look, I mean, this is, I think, episode 77. And we think, how on earth did we get here? And I remember when we first decided to do the podcast and we sat at her dining table um, and we came up with content for five episodes. Yeah. And it amazes me. We've never repeated any episodes since and it's always new content. But I think, like you say, because Disney is such a broad, vast company and there is just so much that you can discuss and because it is ever-changing, ever involving there is always going to be new topics that you know you can look at and discuss on the podcast absolutely and i keep pushing myself so i've had you wonderful ladies on the show a few times i've had other podcasters on and the fact that i've gone now to talk to people who are part of the magic um you know i i i, I personally am into fantasy sports um so i've talking to matthew berry from espn um who is one of their senior uh annualists uh, uh over there um so you know fantastic people at pixar i've I've spoken to um uh like i said matt vogel you know the guy who is in control of you know big bird now you know so many of our us have grown up with big bird and you know the fact that i you know spoken to someone who's now in charge of that in in kermit the frog and uncle deadly and sweetums he does so many different characters uh it's just been a blessing and i'd be Amiss if I didn't mention Daniel Ross, the, you know, one of the newer voices of Donald Duck. Um, it, it, I've never dreamed that I would be able to talk to these people, you know, and now being, you know, I, I talk to them and, and some of them I still message every so often. And it's just, it's weird that, you know, these are the magic makers. And, and I've had, you know, like I said, I've been blessed to be able to talk to them. And um, yeah, it, it always just, it's unbelievable where the show has taken me. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it, it sounds like for you as well, it's opened so, so many doors. And I think that, you know, that's one of my favorite things about the podcast is it does kind of, you know, we've been on your podcast now, you're on ours, and it's great to feature other people from sort of the podcasting community and also just, you know, regular listeners. There's such a good community, I think, of Disney fans, which is something I wasn't aware of at all until we started doing the podcast. And I think that's really sort of been one of my highlights um, since we kind of started this this journey together. Um, it says a lot about the Disney community, I think, which is great. Indeed. Indeed. It's a fantastic community. Um, and it's always so for the most part, very supportive of everyone, you know, uh, you know, other, other Disney groups that I'm in and, you know, 
maybe it's part for another sh- uh, podcast or show. And I mentioned, oh, you know, well, I have mine. Oh, post your links. You know, what you, we want to hear it too. So it's not, well, no, you're not part of this community, you know, part of the Disney thing. It's, you know, again, it's Disney. It's all encompassing. It's all, all embracing. Um, I mean, we all laugh, particularly being on this side of the Disney fandom that we are. Um, when we see the people that do Disney as a, as a thing and not for Disney, you know, we go to the parks and we see those families that are there, not because it's, it, because it is Disney, but it's because, well, we're required to bring our kids here. It's, it's part of requirement. We're not coming here because I don't want to say they don't want to be there. But you know who I'm talking about. You've seen them. That yeah, the, the, they walk around. And, oh, look that that's Jasmine's castle over there. And yeah, you know, this must be um, uh, Market Square, Market Square USA that we're walking down. They just they completely blow everything. And it's not you don't look at them and go oh what are they doing here? But you look at them and you just laugh and go you you you're almost there. You just need to accept it. Take that next step and embrace what's around you. And you're going to enjoy it that much more. I mean, yes, I still get stressed out when I bring my kids to the park. That's part of being a parent. <laughs> but, you know, but my kids, they, they will still play. And, you know, they'll get the toys out and say, oh, we're going to Disney World today um, with, their, with their toys. And they will take the imaginary trips. And I remember doing that when I was their age. And I would build... Um, well, the, back then it was the two parks of the Magic Kingdom uh, in, in my house, in which my parents were, I'm sure, were thrilled because I would take up the entire house with building, you know, models and and and, and things of, of the different attractions or pavilions or or whatnot, whatever park I decided that day. But uh, yeah, it's such a it's such a wonderful group to be part of. It is. It really, really is. Everyone is so supportive of, of each other. It's really just, I mean, mostly we've come across just lovely people, which is really, really nice. Oh, indeed. Yeah. So obviously you're a massive, massive Disney fan like Mercedes and myself. Um, so how how did you get into Disney? I'm always really curious to know this when you meet uber Disney fans, because I find that I know a lot of people who, you know, they love Disney growing up, but then it kind of, diminished or kind of petered out as they got a bit older whereas for Mercedes and I we were brought up with Disney in the same way but as we got older and especially as we you know worked and got more of a disposable income our kind of obsession with Disney has just grown and grown and it still seems to be growing so I'm always really curious when I meet another you know big Disney fan where it kind of all started for them well I'll I'll spare the dates but um I I would almost say ever since just shy after I was born, my first time at a Disney park, I was less than two months old. Wow. And my parents brought me to Walt Disney World to the, then it was only the Magic Kingdom. So now, now you can start cal- calculating numbers. <laughs> but yeah, I, uh, yeah, I went to the Magic Kingdom then. And obviously... It's been ingrained in my mind. I, I remember two year, two months old so well. <laughs> no, I, unfortunately, I don't. Um, but uh, yeah, ever since I, I was a little baby, I, I, Disney was part of my culture, part, part of my growing up. You know, most of the movies that my parents felt safe to bring me to were usually Disney movies. We would go to the the animated movies, 
again, uh, Fox and the Hound, great mouse detective, a lot of the, you know, the eighties movies that you know, when I grew up um, were part of my upbringing and I'd go to the library and, and take out a, a VHS tape. And usually it was a Disney movie and, and I was mostly exposed to them then. Um, obviously as I got older, I'd experienced um, other things, which strangely enough, a lot of the stuff that I, where I would span out from Disney is now part of it. I, you know, I was big into the Muppets house part of the um, Disney I, uh, Star Wars. I always loved, I really enjoyed the Star Wars movies. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. I can forgive you. I'm starting to get into them a little bit, but I'm oh, see, I, And I remember before they cleaned up the graphics, so <laughs> some of the, the cheesiness of it, but, um, I, I, I really enjoyed it. And, uh, um, now that's, that's part of Disney as well. Indiana Jones, uh, again, stuff like that. And, uh, would re- start reading comic books and I, I gravitated towards the Marvel comics. And now that's all part of Disney as well. It's it just kind of funny that more and more bits of my, my upbringing is now, it wasn't then, but it is now part of Disney. Uh, but yeah, I, I, my parents would often try to take us down to um, Walt Disney world. Uh, we would take the, we have what's called the auto train here. Um, and we pick it up in Virginia. I'm in New Jersey. So we drive down to Virginia. The car goes on the back of the train. You go in the front of it. Uh, it's roughly 17 hours, I think. I, I forget the exact time. It's an overnight uh, train ride. And you end up in Florida. Your car comes off. And you drive down the rest of the way to Walt Disney World. And I just have such wonderful memories of those times. Um, you know, being a kid and growing up and, you know, just experiencing it. It's just that was always my happy place. Everyone always says that. And, and it is so true. I mean, it, Disney world or and the movies were always something that I could connect with and always brings happy memories to, to my childhood. Not that I had a bad childhood at all. I had a fantastic childhood, but those were just particular parts. And then when I got older, my first job, my, my dad's like, okay, you're done with high school. You need to get a job. All right. So I applied at the Disney store. That was my first job there. And I, I met my wife there and um, I, you know, was fortunate enough to work at Walt Disney World in Florida briefly. And I, I, I got to open the Animal Kingdom and just had so, so much of my foundation is Disney. And, and I think that just kind of pushed everything forward that, you know, if I say to someone, Oh, I used to work at Disney world or work with the Disney company, or I have a Disney podcast, you always get that inquisitive look and it, it always, you know, people are interested in it and they're curious by it. It's, you know, versus saying, Oh yes, I, I, I'm a grocery clerk. I, I, I don't know. It just some, you know, I, I'm an accountant. Oh really? Okay, that that's nice. <laughs> yeah, but you you put Disney on something, or accounted for Disney. Just the, the that one word, that one name, always seems to inspire curiosity. And it's not just it's not just the everyday now. It's something a little more extraordinary and something a little more magical. 
Yeah, definitely. I think I think the way you said that was really nice and I completely agree with that as well. I mean, I, I don't really know or have a lot of adult friends that are into Disney in the same way that I am. And certainly Benji, my husband, he was never into Disney until he met me. And I think it was only really a few years ago when we lived in Shanghai and started going to Shanghai Disneyland regularly that he was, he kind of was like, okay, I finally actually get it now. I can see what this is all about and why you love it so much. And it's because it is that magic and it is for you so nostalgic. And I think, you you know, you're completely right. It's the same with a lot of people, you know, sometimes I think when I first told my friends I was doing a Disney podcast, they were like, how can you do a whole podcast about Disney? But actually now it's been going for a year, you know, it is that thing and they are more interested in it. And I think that, yeah, the name, because it is so global and so recognizable and even if you know you're not into Disney as an adult I would say probably the majority of of you know people who were bought, were bought up on Disney when they were the younger um which obviously you know brings me to talking about your your kids so you've got kids you mentioned and I assume mm-hmm. that you're bringing them up in the same way are they super into Disney or oh absolutely absolutely um I, my daughter we brought her there when she won, uh, right around her first birthday, I think we, we brought her to, to Disney for the first time. And, um, my boys, same thing. They, they were a little bit older, but, um, for my son's second birthday was his first trip. So again, young age, let's start indoctrinating them now and brainwashing them early. Uh, but yeah, they, they love, um, they, so much of the Disney stuff. Now, granted, the boys are more into the Marvel stuff, but they they can tell you a lot of the different characters. I mean, I'll constantly in my my uh, my vehicle, I have the DVD player, and so they're always usually watching a Disney movie, and they, they go back and watch the classics. My my youngest, my um, he's now four, will go onto Disney Plus, and he will so intentionally select on his own steamboat willie he loves steamboat willie and he watches a lot of the older mickey mouse cartoons he enjoys the new ones but he there's something special and just magical about those original ones that walt had his hand in that even to this day that a four-year-old picks up on and just embraces um my five uh five-year-old he's almost six um enjoys it too uh he he watches you know he'll go through a lot of stuff he goes through the newer stuff and like i said he's more into the star wars and the marvel more so marvel my my daughter she's now 14 but she has disney posters up on her wall in her room um she's a big fan of the kingdom hearts game where she gets to play you know in these worlds uh it's it's just you know and she she loves the movies um, and, you know, we'll, we'll talk about some of the movies and stuff. Uh, like, I, you know, I just did the episode on Remember the Titans. She's like, you just finally watched that? Yes, I finally watched that. I know you watched it earlier. And we talked about some of the themings and stuff on that. And, um, yeah, it's, you know, I, I, I encourage it. I, I don't over push it and try to oversell it too much. But you walk around my house, you will see Disney stuff everywhere. I can see some behind you as we speak. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you should see the rest of it. <laughs> you ladies ever come over to New Jersey, I'll, I'll, I'll you know, invite you in. <laughs> <laughs> I expect it to be like a museum of Disney artifacts. 
yeah, pretty close. I, I have an opening day poster from Tokyo Seas. Nice. Very and cool. It, this, this is a little more controversial, so I won't say it out loud. But uh, oh, Okay. <laughs> so, someone just gave that to me. Well, my, one of my mates just gave it to me. A rare collector's item. Yes. <laughs> So obviously Disney is a very, very big part of, of your world and you've mentioned Walt Disney World a few times so far. Um, so in terms of parks, what parks have you been to? Which park is your favourite? I've only been to Disney World. Oh, but a lot I, of people I, do argue that's the best. Yeah, it, you know, I'll, uh, I have a goal to achieve what you have um, yeah. and, and get there. But uh, I... Um, I, I, I've, I've been close to Disneyland, um, in Tokyo. Um, I, I was in, ah, I, I can never pronounce the, the airport's name properly and do it justice. Um, but the, uh, the airport in, in Tokyo, I, I was there in a, um, a flyover and a layover, sorry. So I, you know, few miles away and I, I just wish I knew what timing I had to be able to actually get there um but yeah missed out on it but I was you know what I was amazed and, and going back to Disney culture that even in Japan how much they love the Disney culture and the, the characters and it, you know you find it everywhere and just again speaks to the university your uh, universality um of Disney that you have this country that completely is not the United States, completely not even English speaking, but Mickey Mouse, they, they love it. They, they can't get enough of Mickey Mouse. Lilo and Stitch came out and they can't get enough of those characters. Um, you know, and see, you know I, I saw that just in the airport there. And the fact that China, even though they don't understand the characters, um, a lot of the characters they don't know but they're still embracing it and they're curious and they are welcoming Disney into their, their culture slowly and cautiously, but um, it, it, they are allowing it in. Um, it, I just find that fantastic. And, um, you know, again, speaks to just the, the magic of, of the characters. So for me, sadly, yes, I've only been to Walt Disney world. So obviously I'm going to say that's my, my favorite parks of the four parks, Growing up as the Magic Kingdom, but I think Epcot has grown on me and is now my my favorite of the four there, though I do have a special place for Animal Kingdom, obviously. Um, being that that was the park I opened, uh, most people say, oh, it's that park. Yeah, well, it, I, I have a different view on it. You know, I, 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 I was there from opening day, and I got to see behind the curtain of everything in... Um, you know, how much care that they, they put behind um, for the animals and everything that goes on behind the scenes to make sure that these animals are treated properly, that they're safe, that they're well taken care of. Um, th there is a lot that the guests don't see um, that is, you know, again, speaks to Disney's that they're not going to, they're not cutting budget. They're not, you know, going to do it halfway and just whatever you know whatever on the surface it's that's it. it there is just so many more layers beyond um what the guests see or experience um to make sure that everything is done properly and cared for what you know not just the guests but the animals that call that park home as well um and so i i, I am 
impressed by that park. I understand that park beyond, you know, it's, it's not a theme park. It is its own little creature. Definitely. I mean, I think we spoke a little bit about Animal Kingdom before when we were on your podcast, but um, we've spoken about it a lot on our podcast as well. And it was the one park that I was a bit apprehensive, I want to say about, because of I'm course. a big animal rights. Yeah. Um, but actually, I have to say, with Animal Kingdom, I was impressed by how well, well it's done. And I'm really interested to talk to more people about kind of what goes on behind the scenes and all the stuff you don't see. And of course, we've got this documentary coming out on Disney Plus about um, Animal Kingdom. I'm not sure when it's coming to the States. I'm not sure when we're getting it here either. Um, End of September, I think it was. So I'm really, really excited to watch that to learn a little bit more. Um, But I mean, if you're happy to, are you happy to talk a little bit about your experience in Animal Kingdom in terms of what you actually did there, what your role was, um, how long you were there for, that sort of thing? Um, Like I said, sadly, I wasn't there for very long. Um, This was back, what, 98, 97? And 98, 98. And this is when um, all the fires were happening in Florida. It was so hot that literally the state was spontaneously combusting. And um, so Animal Kingdom, for most people, anyone that's been there realizes is completely outside. There's very little inside to that park besides, at that point, two attractions. And uh, so I was outside. I was breathing in a lot of the smoke and stuff. So I just, I can't, unfortunately, got got sick and I couldn't stay there very long. So moved back to New Jersey. I also got engaged at the time that time period um, to my wife. But um, I was an attraction host for uh, Flights of Wonder, which is now the Up um, Flight Show Bird Show. Um, and also at, let's see, it was Gorilla Falls. Now, I think it's Gorilla Falls again. It was Gorilla Falls. Then they changed it to Pangini Forest Expo- Exploration because people didn't think that the gorillas fitted enough. And now they, they switched it back because no one knew what the other name was. Um, yeah, so a lot of fluid stuff going on there with names. You know, trial and error as things progress. But, um, yeah, yeah. Um, I got to meet Joe Rohde when I was, I was down there. Fantastic guy. Um, a lot of the Imagineers were working. Um, yeah, you were talking, you have a upcoming topic about funny, um, weird Disney experiences. Um, from a cast member perspective, I remember again, in the infancy of this park, there was a riverboat, basically it was a water taxi that you could take from one end of the park to the other end. It had two stops and you're just, take you um around the the center uh, riverway of the park and back but whenever i was working at the um flights of wonder people would be lining up for an hour to get on this water ride i i, I tried to explain to them nicely well th- it's just transportation to get you to the other side of the park the, nothing happens it's not really a ride and the guests would get angry at me and say, no, we know it's a ride. We, I, we understand you're just sticking with the Disney story, but we know that, you know, something's going to happen. It, it is, you know, it's going to be a really great uh, experience and all this stuff is going to happen when we're on it. No, you, you, you see an animatronic dinosaur and you, you hear some um, dragon fire going on at the other end for the beastly kingdom that never was built. But th- th- there's nothing happens. 
So Disney had to start putting cast members on um, talking about wildlife and um, they bring little bugs and insects uh, onto the, the thing to try and um, expand the experience because people were complaining when they found out that it was just a river ride. I tried to tell people it's just a, a boat. You just go from one side to the other, nothing happened. And they wouldn't believe me. They were lining up, you know, for... Uh, yeah, well, you'd have 50 people deep at least. <laughs> I think they know best. <laughs> uh, it, it, and so eventually that's why they're not there anymore because it wasn't, people were thinking, you know, it's the Jungle Cruise. It's not a Jungle Cruise. <laughs> probably another park. Rumor. Probably some person went and stemmed out this rumor and then people cottoned onto it and God knows thought that it was like this hidden secret about Animal Kingdom and you could only yeah. get it if you were really determined. Yeah, well, this is before the days of YouTube and all these type of things. So people, you know, weren't so educated. Uh, are easy able to easily find out this stuff. They they went by word of mouth, and it, it's funny. I mean, I remember um, I, I was working on the the Gorilla Falls uh, one day, and it was park closing time. So I'm doing you making sure guests were uh, easy. End of my shift, or um, was making sure the guests were out of it. And there's one part where towards the end, you come around a bend. It's right after the where the gorilla. Uh, gorilla um, exhibit is and you go through past a rock wall and there's a little bit of some water features on the the other side of this rock wall and I came around this bend and there was a bunch of Brazilians bathing in the pool and, and what are you guys doing you you can't be doing that oh yeah, yeah, yeah. no no get out of there <laughs> it's like this is a free-for-all it's, it's just a water feature it's not a pool to be splashing in and um or another day I was leaving the park and um, I guess people didn't measure the branch of this tree that was part of um, in the oasis at the beginning that you walk in and out of the park through. There was a branch that overhung a little too far and the bird was kind of making his way to it. And a guest walked by and the bird hopped on its, his shoulder and he was all excited and people were taking pictures I'm like, all right, someone get a manager. <laughs> this is, you know, we're losing an animal here. <laughs> um, but I, I just, I, you know, I, to me, that park is kind of a, like a home away from home. Just, you know, seeing how much it's grown and evolved over the years. And, you know, knowing, seeing it from its first days and all the changes that they've had to constantly make. Um, and, and that happens at any park. But, Knowing it firsthand and seeing it firsthand, uh, you know, knowing that dinosaur used to be called Countdown to Extinction. That's why CTX is um, labeled on a, on a bunch of the stuff. And, you know, like I said, there used to be an animatronic dinosaur in the water. That's now gone. Um, the multiple shows that have been in the, the theater in the wild, um, you know, what can't, you know, Camp Mini Mickey, which is now the Avatar um, area. And just seeing, you know, seeing that park grow and change. Now some things have never changed or some, you know, how people just don't fully understand. It's not a, none of the Disney parks are meant to go ride to ride to ride. You're supposed to kind of experience everything. And this park, even more so, it is, you know, slowly walk your way around because the, the attractions aren't the rides. The attractions is everything else in the park. Um, which is why Joe intentionally put the Oasis there to kind of make you go through a trek and force you to choose paths and, 
you know, that those animals are there and you could quickly miss them, but you have some amazing animals there. You red pandas and all different type of um, avi- aviary life and stuff that, you know, you, you miss and they, they, they are why you're there. You know, not the countdown to extinction, tough to be a bug. Um, yes, the safari is fantastic, but you don't even have to go to as far as the safari to see the, the wildlife. As soon as you enter into that park, it's right there. And most people, I don't think, realize that. Yeah, absolutely. I, I completely agree with you. I think it is. It's, it's a very, very well done park. And it's not, I mean, you know, I've done zoos before here in the past and things like that and safari parks. And I've never been to anything even remotely like Animal Kingdom because it is just so unique and talking to you know various cast members there you can see that they do have a passion for the animals and they are very knowledgeable about them um and I found that really reassuring because as I say I was a bit apprehensive before I went but I would you know go back in in a heartbeat I have no no problems with that at all I think it's a fantastic park oh yeah there's protesters and stuff whenever the park opened that's all now died out and and whatnot and you know it's like I said, Disney does try to treat those animals the best that they could. And, I, and I've seen other animal facilities and, and zoos, not just in the United States, across the world. Um, and trust me, these animals are receiving some of the top-notch care. Um, and they are there because they are so well looked after and they, they don't really know anything else. Um, but they they're living a a life of protection and um safety that they they wouldn't find in many other places yeah definitely no i think that's i think that's right so um sort of still thinking about parks and going a bit more specific sure. favorite attractions worst attractions favorite attraction um i'm going to say the wedway people mover in tomorrowland Ooh, um, okay that that's always been one of my favorites it is it's not a high speed or you know anything crazy but it's just you get a nice tour it's something um you get a nice breeze on it you sit down you go on a nice little ride you get to see you know just hear these cool spiels you get to see inside of um space mountain so it's it's a nice family ride that everyone could enjoy and uh, it's not, you don't have to worry about it being too crazy, too wild, any drops, getting wet, uh, are, are the di- you know, fake dinosaurs going to be too much for, for some of the kids? Are the real dinosaurs going to be too much for a kid? Um, it, it's, it's, it is truly a, a nice, enjoyable family ride. Uh, and usually you don't have much of a line. Yeah, I think it's it's one of those ones that gets very overlooked. I feel like in, in the Disney community, you kind of see a lot about it, but... I think if you're just going to the park, then it's not kind of one that's mentioned a lot. It's not one that you're probably going to be too familiar with. It's probably more like, oh, we've got time. There's no queue. Let's hop on it. It's probably not like a top of, um, you know, anyone's list to, to do. No, it's not an e-ticket attraction, whatever. It's not, you know, the, the big shiny weenie that, like I said, Space Mountain is or the Jungle Cruise or Pirates are. Um, which they're all fantastic and amazing um, rides. But that one, I, I don't know. There's always been something, maybe because Walt's name's in it or was in it. Um, I know it's what, TTA now, 
Tomorrowland Transit Authority or something like that. I still always call it the Wedway People Mover. Um, but yeah, it, it's just, it's like a hidden gem. Yeah, definitely. And I, I love the hidden gems about the park. So favorite attraction, worst attraction. If you had to get rid of one attraction, what would it be? Oh, Tash, don't do this to me. <laughs> um... Or anything that you think, I mean, I don't know if you listened a couple of weeks ago, Mercedes and I did an episode about um, things that need to be improved at, at Disney parks. And we spoke about rides and restaurants and had other ideas. Do you have any ideas for, you know, kind of dated or outdated attractions to bring them up to where we are now a little bit? This is how much I love you ladies, because um, I did a episode with Matt Marlino from Love of the Mouse podcast, just ahead of yours, of favorite attractions to plus, uh. get rid of, to plus and to improve. Um, the one I think, if I had to get rid of one, if the fate of the world was resting on my shoulders to get rid of one Disney World attraction, it would be the attraction part of the seas with Nemo and friends. Oh, okay. I said it. Yeah. Um, because I felt they missed the boat with that. They're, you know, Epcot's supposed to be somewhat educational, and they they completely, uh, sorry for the, the figure of speech, missed the boat on it because there is nothing educational about it. You could have had, as I said on that show, about how you could have had the Nemo characters talking to, you know, or, or educating about some of the, the life that's swimming around with them because, you know, they're, they're in the, the tanks with the, the other fish. So you, you, could have, you could have easily brought in, in some sort of educational element, and you didn't. You just had them singing the Nemo and Friends theme song, you know, Great uh, Blue World, which... Um, I, I said they must, someone paid a lot of money for this because you have it in two parks because it's in the Animal Kingdom um, Nemo show and they, you put it in that attraction. And it's not from the movies. <laughs> they didn't <laughs> even put it in the sequel. No, I remember. I can't even remember how that song goes now, but I remember going on it and then having it stuck in my head for the rest of, of the day. And I think with that ride as well, because obviously they've got the, um, the submarine Nemo ride in California and then in Tokyo they have a version where it's more like a simulator ride. So you go in like one big submarine and then it takes you around and it's really, that's really cool. But um, yeah, I, I do know what you, what you mean about the seas with Nemo and friends. I think it is, it's just it doesn't really have much going for it. I feel, I feel like they could have done a lot more to kind of amp yeah. it up and they've missed the mark a little bit. Yeah. The, the original attraction was a lot more about teaching about the ocean and, and whatnot till the woman sued that saying that she, um, uh, I think made her ears bleed or she got the bends or something, uh, whenever they, they dropped the, um, when she went on the hydrolators and, and went down all, all the way to sea base alpha. And, you know, she, it was the elevator experience was too much until um, they explained to her, well, no, the, the elevator doesn't move at all. The just floor shakes a little bit and we put bubbles in the walls. <laughs> you, you don't move anywhere. <laughs> um, crazy people. Um, but yeah, it, it I, that one was more, you know, trying to teach about the animals and they, they went completely 360. You know, it's throwing this IP, um, made a lot of money for us in the theaters. Let's get into the parks. And again, I think they just, they just kind of missed the mark with it. If you put in the educational part, I think it would have been fantastic. Um, it, it, you know, kids relate with the Nemo characters. Everyone loves the Nemo characters for the most part. Um, 
in, you know, so you could have used those teaching moments, not just some uh, things around there. It was just kind of a, a quick overlay, like a Band-Aid. Yeah, definitely. So obviously, you know, the state of the world at the moment is very much up in the air, but, you know, people are going back to, to Disney parks, which is, is nice to see that the magic is still alive and it's still there. Indeed. Do you have any future trips planned at the moment? Um, we were considering going next year for the 50th anniversary until I found out that the 50th will now be taking place towards the end of 21 through 2022. So uh, 22 is is when we were planning on going back for the, the grand uh, hoopla of the, the 50th anniversary. Um, you know, it, my wife w- worked there whenever it was the 25th anniversary. Um, so she had to s- stare at that awful, awful cake um, castle way too often than she wanted to, you know, ruins all of her photos. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, um, we're looking forward to the 50th, um, you know, and, uh, hopefully things are a lot more settled down, uh, by then. Fingers crossed. Yes. I'm very, very jealous that, um, that's, that's your plans. I would like to go over for that myself, but who knows if it will be possible or not. Um, and when you do your trips to Disney, do you normally stay on site? Do you have a particular hotel that you always stay at or do you kind of mix it up a little bit? Um, we do stay on site. Um, it's part of, you know, it just feels like part of the magic and just makes things so much easier to stay on property. Um, we, um, we do try and mix it up on which resorts we stay at, but we do sometimes find that we you know, uh, tend to uh, prefer certain ones. Um, Port Orleans or the, the Dixie landing side, but the Port Orleans resort um, is one that we, we really enjoy. Um, my wife and I, uh, before kids, we would go there um, and we find with the kids, even with five kids, the way that the rooms are, there's a, it's a moderate resort, but there's just a little extra elbow room um, on the, again, the, the riverside uh, used to be Dixie landings um, in those rooms then versus the um, front quarter side, those rooms are a little bit smaller. So having just that slight bit of extra elbow room and you're just outside of Epcot magic kingdom is not far away. Neither of the studios it's positioning is very good. Uh, it also, is on one of the um, waterways so you can actually take boats out and uh, that's something that I always enjoy doing with my family Um, non-theme park thing tradition that I like to do is at some point when we're there is take one of the watercraft out and go in either like the seven seas lagoons or um, just outside uh, the resort there and just take a nice luxury you know nice little relaxing uh boat ride with the family and um you know just see see the sights from a different angle definitely yeah I think I mean you know I didn't stay on site when I went in um February of this year and uh, I'm you know I'm, I'm fine that we didn't but it has made me realize that next time I would definitely stay on site and part of that is is kind of what you explain it's doing the extras that you know when you stay off site 
it's too much time to come out of those parts and then go all the way back to your hotel and then come back again. It's, mm-hmm. it's a lot of effort that you and time that you have to factor in. And I really miss that about Disney trips. I mean, when I used to go to California as a child, a lot of the time we would, you know, park hop or we'd maybe go back to the pool for a couple of hours, come back to the park in the evening. And I really missed doing that with Florida. So I think, yeah, next time that would be kind of one of the biggest incentives for me to stay on site as well. Absolutely. Reach out to me. I'll, I'll let you know. I've stayed at a, a lot of the resorts. Definitely. I don't know when it will be, so it might be a few years, but I hope that it's sooner than I would plan, but you never know. <laughs> Fingers crossed, as you say. Fingers, Fingers crossed. Fingers crossed indeed. Um, so, yeah, so talking about some of the sort of other Disney topics, I mean, obviously we've spoken about parks a lot. Um, you are based in America, so Disney Plus is a big one as well because you are slightly different to us over there in the timings that you get you know programs coming out and things like that um for you how have you found disney plus since its launch i mean i guess you've had it for well be a year in november won't it for the u.s so any sort of must watch recommendations anything that you've been let down by on disney plus um let down by uh high school musical the series the musical uh, did yeah. I get that I, name I right? I never actually started watching that. I know Mercedes did, and I think she gave up after a few episodes. And oh, I was really excited about it when they announced it, but then I just saw too many negative reviews. And I've just not got around to giving it a go myself. I I, I, I I put it as far as that I'm the wrong demographic. Fair enough. My daughter enjoys it. Me, I, I watched maybe two episodes and said, uh yeah, not 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 was expecting. Just not. It's it's not the format of show that I like. Definitely, yeah. Um, I'll put it that way. A scripted, unscripted, um, one of those reality type of shows with the the overlays of the interviews and stuff. Though I, I watched a couple of episodes of Encore, which similar type of formatting in that aspect, but I, I do enjoy that. I enjoy the cooking show. Um, the name escapes me off the top of my head, but um, as a family, we, we um, enjoy watching that one. The one that I said, uh, I, uh, Mandalorian, I can't speak enough of, but if you're really a Disney person, um, the Imagineer story, um, those have been brilliant um, in, in the way that, you know, you get so much explained to you and you get, you know, again, pulling that curtain um, away a little bit in a peak of, everything they went through. Um, I haven't finished watching it. I, I'm, I'm bad with streaming services. Uh, I, I don't binge watch stuff. I, I get to it gradually. So I, I haven't finished watching those, uh, that series yet, but like a piece that sticks out in my mind when they were talking about when they built Tokyo seas and, um, the Oriental land company said, whatever you need, you tell us the amount to put on the check. We'll, write it out and here's a few extra zeros we want it done right and then they were tasked to build california adventures and eisner was whatever you need scale it back because your budget is this little amount but make it the most beautiful thing you've ever done and you know you've been to both in the perception they're just you know you can tell what you know what the Imagineers, when they're allowed to do something, what they can do on a grand scale to make something spectacular. 
And then whenever they're not giving the ability to create um, because of budget, time, whatever, you, you get something secondhand or, you know, Disneyland Paris, the, the studio uh, park. Yeah, it, it's, it's not what it should be. It's not what we expect from Disney. Yeah, d- definitely. I mean, and that Imagineering series is so fantastic. And I think it is by far one of the best things that, you know, has come out of Disney Plus. And for me, I think one of the things I've been, I don't want to say disappointed by, but one thing I would like to see more of is more kind of docu-series of that ilk where we kind of see more behind the scenes stuff. I could have watched a whole hour-long episode about behind the scenes of the Pirates of the Caribbean attraction. I could watch one about Space Mountain. I think there's so much material there and I really hope that we do see a lot more kind of, you know, in that vein of, you know, the creative side of things because that's, you know, really when you think of it, so much and that is what Disney is, but it's probably the part that a lot of people know the least about. Yeah. Um, I I know a lot of the materials out there and um, on the Disney Channel over here at nights, they used to have, uh, what was the name of it? Um, Vault Disney play on you know walt disney's name vault um instead and you would have a lot of the older shows um and older specials um i have i I recorded fortunately a a lot of it the opening um program that they did for epcot with danny k walking around epcot scene with a very young drew barrymore back at that time why isn't that stuff on disney why don't we have the original mickey mouse club um or the seventies Mickey Mouse Club. Why don't we have? Yeah, you know, ha- there's so much programming that is locked away that they haven't given us access to. Um, I get you know maybe they're gradually putting this stuff out. Hopefully, I and mean, they're not just locking it away to n- to never see this stuff. But there is there is so much that they can put on there. Um, of behind the scenes or these, these older gems that, uh, you know, like I, I have on DVD, the um, 10th anniversary of Walt Disney world where Walt was walking around uh, visiting people, or he was walking around at the Imagineering play um, creative center, wet enterprise at that time. And they were just coming up with the concepts for what would become the haunted mansion and pirates of the Caribbean. And, and, you know, you had Mary bear Blair working on stuff for it's a small world, you know, stuff like that, that, you know, we, we, we should be allowed access to on Disney plus And for whatever reason, we're not besides that. I love it. I absolutely love it. And I think, you know, I don't have a problem. Any, whatever my kids want to watch on there is fine. Cause I don't have to worry about it. You know, going on to some of these other streaming services, you know, make sure I set the parental locks right. Are they in their right profiles and, and whatnot? You know, I, you know, you know, what are they going to get exposed to? And um, Disney Plus, I don't have to worry about that. And, and it, it's it's nice that I can just, you know, whatever you want to watch. And like I said, it, it brings a little tear to my eye that my, my youngest, will, you know, again, on his own, he loves watching the old Mickey Mouse cartoons. And I, I just, I, I have to smile as a, a Disney parent that, you know, that he, he enjoys that as much as I enjoy it. 
Definitely, yeah. I think I the thing I love about it is just that it's a platform for everything. Everything is there. Mm-hmm. Well, obviously, as we say, they are missing some things, and hopefully, we will see them adding more as sort of time time goes on. But it's nice just being able to flick it on at you know such ease, which is is really fantastic. I think, and I think it's for us in the UK. We, I mean, we got it in March. It came at a great time for us with the start <laughs> of, of lockdown. So it's been more welcomed for us. I just hope that, you know, they, they do realize that now with something like this, that it's easy, you know, you, you put it out here in the States, put it out everywhere. Let everyone get it at the same time. Definitely. Absolutely. I, yeah, I completely agree. It was very frustrating for a lot of people over here. I mean, especially with the Mandalorian and having to avoid spoilers and all sorts on social media, which is a really difficult task in its, itself. So, yeah, I think keeping the two more in line would be preferable i was there with doctor who in 2005 i completely understand that (laughs) (laughs) fair enough you know how it feels (laughs) so just to finish off i'm just going to ask you some really basic simple disney questions that we always like to do when we have people on the podcast so very simple on the face of it but you might have multiple answers for them so favorite disney movie who framed roger rabbit Oh, okay. Interesting. I like that. It's a very underrated movie. That's one, my, always been one of my favorite movies. Um, right. Yeah, love that movie. Lovely. Favorite character? Oh, favorite character. Um, Roger, obviously. Uh, Blue, Mickey. Um, I'll, I'll have to say Donald because he, he may call me up and yell at me if I don't. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, but uh, yeah, Roger's always been one of my, my absolute favorites. Uh, Blue as well. Um, similar vein of character, but uh, yeah, the, those goofy um, people always see me as goofy. And that's why he's even on my shirt. I noticed that, yeah. I noticed the little hat at the top. <laughs> yes, yes. Very nice. A favorite Disney song. This is a really hard one, I think. That is a hard one. And you know what? I've never thought about it. I, I, I have Disney music playing in my house 24 hours a day. Um, <laughs> and, and even in my car, I have my hard drive is it's got some other music. It's got over 300 songs from the Disney parks on there. Oh, <laughs> uh, let me say zippity doodah. Oh, okay. Uh, which I know is controversial to say nowadays. Um, strip, everything else away from it just let's focus on the song itself yeah. and is the song that just like if i needed something to put a smile on my face that song usually does it yeah i, I do know what you mean i mean you say that and instantly i'm taken back to being on splash mountain which obviously i know they're changing it and i am excited about the changes but it was always one of my favorite disney attractions to to go on and you saying something you do just kind of takes me right back to childhood and being on that getting absolutely soaking wet so i like that for the nostalgia aspect of it or just in, in, you know, they use it in a lot of the marketing campaigns. I, I have it on some of the sing-alongs that the kids have. Um, it, it's just, as the song starts off, you know, you can't, um, you can't walk around without a smile coming right um, onto your face. And then it breaks into zippity do that whole thing. It's just, yeah, it's just something about that. That just, in, to me, embodies kind of like that Disney magic and spirit. 
Yeah, definitely. I think a lot of people would would agree with you on on that as well. And then my final question, which is always my favourite, any controversial or unpopular Disney opinions? Oh, you're going to make me say it again. (laughs) Um, I'm not a fan of Wally. You're not the first person who has had that unpopular opinion on on our podcast, so I can understand that. Um, yeah, that's I, I'm not a big fan of that movie. Um, I was just talking about it on someone else's show the other day. Uh, so yeah, that that movie just never cinematically it is beautiful. You know, the fact that very little. Um, words are used in the movie it's all done um non-verbally in non-verbal communication and, and uh symbolism and just the way that wally's drawn that with the eyes just kind of pull you in and tell the whole story beautiful in that part story-wise i i just doesn't sit right with me and i, I just yeah that that's um yeah i'm, I'm not a big fan of of, of wally um, I know I what you mean with uh, with Wally for me. I'm, I rewatched it really recently because I haven't seen it for years, and I love it up until the point when they leave Earth, and then it just completely loses it for me. I think it's so much better when it's just Wally and Eva kind of you know floating around on, mm-hmm. on Earth, and as you say, like cinematically, it is stunning as well. And then as soon as they leave and go up to the planet and they have all the people up there, it just completely changes for me. Yeah. And, but on the other side, other side, I really enjoyed Muppets Most Wanted. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, I, I, I just thought that was a little more of what the Muppets should be and, and the type you look at a lot of their other movies and it was, it was, I felt very nostalgic in, the, in that aspect. I think Again, we might have spoken about this before because it was on my one of my worst, I think. <laughs> okay, yeah. Um, I, I think I know I've, I've maybe uh, poked some fun at you, but uh, with some of the movies, we do see eye to eye on a few movies. I, I don't remember what they are uh, at the moment. But uh, yeah, I, uh, I, and I do enjoy a lot of the live action movies. Don't kill me. <laughs> <laughs> Depends which ones you say. <laughs> Be careful. <laughs> Aladdin. Yeah, Aladdin, fantastic. I love Aladdin. Um, let's see. I, I really enjoyed Aladdin. I'm looking forward to Milan. I, I'm, I'm, you know, with bated breath, I'm looking forward to Milan. Uh, yeah, I'm very intrigued by Milan. I think it's going to be very different. And I think there's going to be a lot of people... I don't think it's going to feel very Disney and I think a lot of people are going to be disappointed by that. But actually I think that's the right way to do it. I hope they do kind of pay, you know, more homage to Chinese tradition and culture rather than making it like this big Disney film. And that's at least on the surface, that's what they said they tried to do. Yeah. Um, And I look forward to that part of it. You, 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 I, I look at it this way as well, you know, and, and again, being a huge Disney fan and, and listening to the people that they, you change it and they're upset because it's not what the original movie is. You keep it as the original movie and they're upset that you didn't change it. Yeah. You just can't win, can they? <laughs> they cannot win. Lion King. Perfect example. I enjoyed it. Who said that? <laughs> um, you know, that's a very sore topic. From the I, I know, <laughs> I know. But that's my prime example. You didn't change much of it and people were mad. Yeah. 
you're going to change Mulan and people are mad. Yeah. <laughs> so it's, you, it's you, you're not going to win. Um, so I, I take each one as its own separate entity. It's one of those, you know, you, uh, in, in the nineties, like when Aladdin came out, there was the other Aladdin that some other studio made of the a similar story. It's kind of like that, you know, it, it's, it's another telling of it, another version of, of relatively the same story. Um, but yeah, it, it's, I, I, I enjoy them for what they are. And, and um, I, I did a whole program on why they do this, um, why they came up with these movies. Uh, it, it's to entice the new generation that actually do not gravitate towards cartoons and do not associate with cartoons. They associate with um, the live action. The, the I generation um, likes the, you know, seeing actual people. Um, the, you know, a marketing campaign with a cartoon character, a marketing campaign with a, a human being, they will gravitate towards the human being. So let's retell our stories with human beings to bring in this new generation. <laughs> they're not associating. Sorry, that was my dog. <laughs> that's okay. Yeah. My, mine's upstairs. I'm joking. No, I think that's a very good point, actually. And I've, I think that makes a lot of sense. I've never really thought about it that way myself. Um, for me, it seems like... I've always thought like, oh, it's just to appeal to, you know, us, us 90s kids that have now grown up because, you know, I'm always going to go and see these films when they're live action because I grew up with them like so many people did. But actually, I think that's a very, very interesting and valid point that you make about also appealing to a completely new generation and kind of retelling these stories in a different way and using new technologies to do so to make them more modern. So Indeed. when you say it like that, it does make sense. Yeah. So yeah, the, 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 um, something I learned in one of my psychology classes, but uh, yeah, I, I, that's kind of, that's my take on it. You know, is this the actual reason? Uh, let's just say everyone knows the real reason. It's the almighty um, money side of it. Of course. <laughs> but there, there's more to that too. Let's, we'll, we'll say there's more to it, but uh, yeah, the, the, uh, I'll, I'll leave it. Those are my uh, unpopular, um, unpopular takes. Good. Nothing too offensive there then. So uh, that's, that's good to see. Yeah. Um, so just before we wrap up, do you want to just let our listeners know um, where they can find your podcast and when you release your episodes? Sure. My episodes, I try to get out on Wednesdays um, best that I can. Can't always guarantee it, but that's why you need to subscribe to the show. So that's why you know when they, they come. But uh, usually I've been pretty good recently about getting them out on Wednesdays. Um, it's the show you can find on most, uh, most podcast platforms, Spotify, uh, Google play store, whatever they call it, going to call it this day, uh, iTunes anchor. Um, it is, it's all over the place. You could even say to your, uh, smart speaker to play the, uh, Disney Marvel podcast and it will start, I will start speaking to you from your smart speaker, uh, kind of, kind of creepy. Um, but uh, yeah, and on social media, we are on Twitter at Disney Marvels, Facebook, Instagram. Uh, we are at uh, Disney Marvels Podcast. Uh, so you can always find us there and uh, email the show even at Disney Marvels at gmail.com. Perfect. 
perfect cool well thank you so much for coming on the podcast today and um, again Mercedes is very sorry that she couldn't be here for this recording um, but I'm sure we'll probably you know get you on it again at some point point. Um, and as always it's been a real pleasure and thank you very much oh thank you it's, it's been an honor and a pleasure for me as well um, I said always been a big fan of your show um, you know, always love working with you ladies sorry Mercedes wasn't able to be here but uh, we'll catch her around again. Um, and uh, thank you. Thank you both. And uh, thank you for everyone for putting up with me and my accent. <laughs> you are more than welcome. Thank you very much. That was so awesome. I really enjoyed listening to everything that you guys chatted about. It was so insightful. And I just know that our listeners will have loved that. Good. I'm glad. And once again, we were very sad to not have you there. Oh, well, next time, next time. We'll have to have you back, Matt. Absolutely. So thank you to Matt for joining us, but the episode is not over yet. We're now going to move into the main part of the episode, Friend Like Me. So Mercedes, this week I thought I would quiz you to see how well you know me. So I've got three different scenarios here about, you know, what would I rather do? Quite simple. There's no feed this week. We're just going with it. So number one, in terms of parks, would I rather never see the fireworks again or never see a parade again? I love these questions. I think I enjoy this segment more than like anyone else listening, but I just, I love it. I relish in it. That's so difficult. I know what I would say, but you know, you and I are different people. I'm going to go out on a whim and I'm going to say the fireworks. Oh, okay. I would actually rather never see the parade again. As um, much as I love the parade, it's the fireworks that have the real emotion. Oh, no, I've misunderstood the question. I thought you meant, I meant like you'd pick, I know that sounds like I'm lying. I'm not lying. I have no <laughs> reason to lie. No, I know what you mean. <laughs> <laughs> no, I thought, yeah, I, that's what I thought. You I, thought I meant if I could only see one yeah, again. Yes, yes, yeah. yes. Yeah, sorry, that's my misunderstanding. Which actually, I think I'm really proud of myself because I think that most people would pick that they would see the parade. I would definitely pick the parade, or no, I'd pick the fireworks. I'm confusing things now. <laughs> but I thought, no, Tash loves those fireworks. I do love those fireworks. That's where I get all the feels from. So yeah, I, I would have to forego the parade as much as I love it. Okay, number two, looking at films this time. Would I rather, and I don't really want any of these things to happen, but would I rather Disney produce a live-action Hunchback of Notre Dame or a live-action Pocahontas? Okay, so I want to make sure I'm understanding the question right. I'm picking the one you want them to make. Yes. Okay. <laughs> I think you want Hunchback of Notre Dame. Absolutely. I want to see the Notre Dame. I want to see Esmeralda. I want to see Quasi. I want to see Phoebus. I want to see how they do Frollo, who would play him. And actually, I don't want them to keep doing this string of let's make everything into a live action. But The Hunchback of Notre Dame is one that I would be on board with. Definitely. And the original Victor Hugo novel is dark. Like I can totally see it working as a more adult version. I mean, the cartoon itself deals with really adult, complex themes. And I think, you know, we did a Black Lives Matters episode a couple of weeks ago, and there's a lot in the world at the moment about equality and, and overcoming, um, you know, just 
horrible stigmas and things in society. And I think that that message is so, so relevant in Hunchback. Obviously, with Quasi being disfigured and Esmeralda being a gypsy, there are some, you know, themes about being an outcast and stuff that I think would really resonate with today. Yeah, definitely. So Disney, if you're listening, that is one that I would approve. And finally, last scenario for you. And this one I really struggled with myself. Would I rather, and listen carefully because it might be confusing with the wording, would I rather only be able to listen to Disney music for the rest of my life so I can't listen to any other songs or only watch Disney movies for the rest of my life so I can't watch any other Disney films? So if you pick the music, there's no music, You, but if you pick, yeah, okay, I understand. Yeah. And I think you'd rather, I'm picking the one you would like. Yeah. I've made this whole... I wouldn't like either. Um, <laughs> no, I've, I've made this whole segment into a sham by not listening <laughs> to questions and not understanding what you're asking me. I think you'd rather only listen to Disney music and, and not have any other music in your life. Yeah, definitely. As painful as that would be, I would have I to. think the reason I was able to work that out is because you are a huge film fanatic and you do like music but you're not that into it you're not that passionate about it I think for you not being able to watch new films as they came out you know I I think you would struggle with that yeah definitely well done three out of three well it was almost zero out of three (laughs) listen to you Tash So that concludes this week's episode. We do hope that you enjoyed it. We will be back next week. And this time we will be here with our episode, Poor Unfortunate Souls. I am very excited to do this episode. So please do tune in next Monday, same time, same place. Definitely. And for your chance to have your poor, unfortunate Disney event featured on the episode, remember you can always send us a tweet at chatdisneyuk. Or you can find us on Instagram at chatdisney. Bye for now. Bye. Thank you. Goodbye now. Goodbye. Goodbye. Thank you. Goodbye.